to the House of Minds, a podcast experience where we dive into individuals' journeys and mindsets with the intention and potential to bring you keys to unlock and expand your mind into new realities and possibilities, because we can all learn something from everyone. All you must bring is a desire to learn, an open mind, and the trust that the universe is always working for you. What will the House of Minds bring you today? But so what you were saying about the events, like afterwards, James and I, we had the fire walk at Sweeha a couple of weeks ago, the 2022 peak performance. Yeah. And that like, I mean, yes, we walked on fire and all of that good stuff, but there's like hours of come down after like a high energy event. And like, we only had in that, I think we had 24 people. And so it wasn't like a huge event as far as like body count, but the energy that these people brought into the room was just when we did it two years ago, pre Coco, we had about a hundred people in that room. And I would say that this event brought just as much energy to that, like to that space as two years ago. That was crazy. That's awesome. Quality. There's something about quality too. Yes. Yes, there is. There is. Yeah. Yeah. The energy transmuting the energy and then letting it like settle back down and just, just all of it. It's like riding the high, riding the high and continuing to get those feels and the, the messages that are coming through. And it takes a little bit of time to like settle down. Yeah. Integration. Yeah, totally. Totally. But yeah. All right. So let's get officially started. I guess. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. Let's uh, go. Yeah. Uh, listeners, we kind of were like, let's just hit record because we do this every time we start getting into some really juicy stuff. And we've just decided like from now on, whenever Sharon Rose is on my podcast, we're just going to hit record. record. Like, That's going <laughs> to be our style. Um, I don't even know if we'll do an intro. I'll do a quick one right now. Sharon Rose has been on my podcast before. She is an intuitive guide, good friend, speaker, coach, educator on everything you need to live soul-centered. She's also the program director of intuitive guidance at Sweeha here in Phoenix. And as I mentioned last week on the podcast, so last week, Sharon, I had an astrologist with me a good friend. Uh, her name's Ashton and she'll be coming on monthly as well. So mm-hmm. I've kind of reorganized my podcast to have monthly meetings with her, with you. I'm going to be speaking with an Ayurvedic nutritionist as well next week. So you three will be like my rotating monthlies that are going to come on and just give us the spiel on what's going on, what's coming up, diving into different areas within astrology intuitive living and our Ayurvedic nutrition. Then I'm also going to have a rotating speaker at the end of each month, whether that be in like the fitness industry, wellness industry, mindset, mental health, like something that ties in there, but I wanted a little bit more consistency in what I was offering listeners. So that was kind of a, my thought process going behind with everything going forward. I love it. I love the organization of it. I love that there's like a cohort of people and that 
I don't know. I'm just going to throw it out. Maybe all of us get on a call one time and we can really have some fun. Like that would be fun. That would be so many, so many ideas. That's so exciting. Yay. Congrats. Thank you. I know I'm excited and I'm excited in what it's going to bring to the listeners. Cause you're right. Like it does all intermingle together and tie in together and weave together. So having those different, um, tools and arenas and bringing them all together can yield some really, really good stuff. Yay. But let's get started. Would you do like a one to two minute mindfulness practice? Yes. Just kind of settle, settle our energy, bring our energy just here. Yes, I would love to. I would love to. So I'm going to invite everyone. If you are in a place where you are safe to do this practice, I want to invite you to sit up nice and tall. You can bring your feet flat on the floor. If you're in a chair, if you're sitting seated, just find those points of contact of the legs to the body. If you're not somewhere safe where you can listen to this right now, go ahead and just take it all in, but keep your eyes open and do what you're doing. Come back and listen later. So let's just take a nice relaxing sigh out on your next breath. Don't worry about inhaling. Just let the breath come out organically, just settling into the body in the present moment. Nothing to change or direct control. We're releasing all of that. Just allowing yourself to become fully present. Bringing your awareness to the top of your head, slowly begin to take a nice little mental body scan, moving your awareness down from the top of the head to the chin, noticing all of the features of your face, relaxing, relaxing as the awareness moves from the chin past the neck, Noticing any sensations or feeling in this area. Maybe taking gentle movement with the neck. Allowing the breath to move organically and naturally, allowing it to rise and fall in its own rhythm. As you continue to move your awareness past the shoulders and the collarbone down the chest and the arms, becoming present, allowing, flowing with the energy, allowing yourself to be moved rather than trying to move. Continuing your awareness down the arms towards the fingers. Maybe your hands connect to the tops of the legs. And the awareness moves down past the torso into the hips. Down past the pelvis and the glutes towards the thighs where your awareness of your legs meets the contact with the palms of your hands. Maybe here you take a pause, become aware of the the breath. Maybe your hands begin to move up and down the legs, allowing, giving complete freedom, 
as you bring awareness, allowing the body to move you. Once more, your awareness moves down past the thighs, over the knees, towards the calves and the shins, down towards the ankles and the feet. Finally, resting on the soles of the feet, noticing the contact the feet have with the earth. Again, allowing the breath to simply be, noticing its rise and falls and its natural rhythms. Feeling the tingles in the bottom of the feet, that connection to the earth. And then together, let's take one deep inhale in through the nose, filling the belly, the ribs, and the heart. Feeling yourself lift up a little bit towards the heavens as your feet connect and ground down towards the earth. And then as you exhale, sending that breath out, out, out into the world, into the universe, sending out all of your love and joy for the day, maybe some gratitude. When you're ready, coming back into your body on an inhale, allowing the eyes to flutter open, inviting in light and more love. That was amazing. Amazing what a few minutes of mindfulness can do and clear out. Yeah. Ooh, I needed that too. I had a little pre-call jitters, a little pre-call anxiety. Um, and yeah, and I did, you know, before I got on the call, I did my whole grounding and centering, but it's always nice to connect and do it with others and, and offer that. And it's another level of grounding when you speak it out loud, which is a very interesting sensation because you're activating the vocal cords and bringing that energy into the grounding and centering as well. So it's a different energy and element. So thank you. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. It's nice to see it on like the same, same frequency as well Mm -hmm. with everybody. I had, uh, my mind has just been like, things have been getting busy with work and navigating the puzzle pieces as a mom too. So my mind, it was just funny. Like as we were going through it, watching my mind want to take me here and here and here and here. And at first I wanted to control it. And then, but when I could finally get to that point where it was like, just let it go, like let the waves come and go. Ha peace. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. It's not about controlling the thought. It's about flowing with the thought. And then when you realize that you're in the thought saying, ah, now I'm going to flow back to the body and the breath. And then it's just this beautiful, like wave cycle. I'm, I'm feeling the ocean waves right now. Just like the ebbs and the flows of it. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And the breath is a great reminder of that. It's the same thing and out. all right feel it all (laughs) right okay I want to hear first of all I want to talk about 
how you're going back into your uh, the YTT fast track because that's super super exciting and as a yogi I always want to hear about these things yes Um, (laughs) so what like what led to that decision what led to you being called in that direction oh oh this is it's so fascinating that you're asking this because this morning I was having this conversation with myself of like okay you're a week out from this four month intensive training like remind yourself why are you doing this why are you doing this um yeah so this is so good um so yeah (laughs) yes same oh my god I love it um, so yes, yeah, so I, I enrolled again in the Suiha, uh, YTT fast track, which is yoga teacher training. Uh, so it's a four month, uh, teacher training, 200 hour. Uh, and what brought me to wanting to re-enroll in this was a few things. Um, first I need to do some yoga teacher training for my credentials and to, and to just keep myself up. I want to really start moving back in that direction of integrating the yoga philosophy with the work that I do, which it's always been there. And it's just time to like bring the energy back to that in a more intentional way. Um, so first thing there's, you know, the professional piece of it, but on a more, on a deeper level, on a more personal level, I, uh, I miss, I miss people. I do. And I miss having community in a really, in a way where I'm not the leader, first of all, like I am looking for a place where like, I want to be taught again. I want to be in the seat of the student. I teach so much uh, and I hold a lot of space and I, and that's my work and I love it. And the teacher needs a teacher and the coach needs a coach and yoga has always seats for you too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I need someone to hold space for me for real. Uh, And the yoga was the first path I took on my healing journey. Uh, It was yoga that introduced me to everything else. And I came into yoga back in, uh, as my first training was in 2015. So almost seven or eight years ago. So that's another reason, like, it's just time to, you know, re-up. It's been like seven years, which is crazy when I think about it. Cause like I moved to Arizona seven years ago, got into my YTT and I swear it feels like yesterday. And I'm just like, how has it been seven years since my training five years since I started my business? Like, I'm just looking for some grounding again, especially after the past two years. Um, and just to, to be with community and to get back into my body. I feel like the past two years has been weird (laughs) as I'm like, and weird in the sense that like, I've been so much more connected to myself because I had so much solitude and so much opportunity to, to pay attention to my wants, desires, and needs, which has really brought out a lot of beautiful artistic creation. Like, um, I play music now. I, and like, I'm obsessed with music. I always have been, but now I actually play guitar and I play the bass and like, I'm writing and I'm doing all these different things, which I, I never had the space for before. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also have recently gotten into ceramics and I'm obsessed with ceramics. It's the, one of the most creative embodied practices, like art practices, uh, and mediums that, that I've found. Um, and I've tried all of the art I've done all the art things I've been like searching for the thing that was going to bring me back and like, make me feel like I belonged in the art and like ceramics, just, I get with a big ball of clay and I'm like, oh my God, I'm here. It's so meditative. Like I'm so one pointed focused, which is the whole point of yoga and meditation to become one. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And, and ceramics offers me that and music offers me that. And yoga is the practice that offers me that as well. And I, I did practice yoga over in my house over the past two years. I've been teaching some classes around the Valley here and there, uh, since everything's been opening up. And yet I, I want to have that structure and that routine and someone saying like that, I don't want to have to make the decisions for a little while. (laughs) I want someone to just be like, this is what you're doing. And I just want to be like, yes. And, and get trained in that discipline once again, that I had before quarantine because definitely within quarantine, I, the self-discipline definitely went to other places. And I, I moved out of discipline and like my day-to-day routines and things like that. So I'm so excited to have that. And that's what yoga offers is a, is that discipline as well. It's discipline training. It's a practice. It's something you just like, just like music, just like an art practice or dance or any other practice you're going to do it's day in and day out. You practice to become better, um, as a person essentially. Um, and it's not just the physical asana. I know, you know, this, but there's there are eight limbs of yoga. The yoga asana is one of the eight limbs of yoga. Mm-hmm. I have been practicing the other limbs of yoga for the past two years. And now it's time for me to bring all of that back into my body. And at the same time that I bring all of those experiences back into my body, I expand myself as well. Mm-hmm. And there's something so special about a teacher training because there is, it's, it's not strategy. It's, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's routine. It's structure, structured. structured. Um, I almost want to say strict, but Mm. now structure, strict structure. It's, it's that self-discipline. It comes back to that self-discipline and it's, you know, it's going to help me to get back into that space. Cause I've definitely, as I said, I kind of fell out of that, but like, I didn't fall out of it. I just moved into other areas and now I want to bring all these spaces together. And it's nice to have, that's, what's special about a yoga teacher training is that you're in a cohort with a group of people and you're there together every week or every day, however, the system, you know, however your teacher training is set up, but there's something really special about that. Even if it's especially, I think, especially because it's for a limited amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, as you were talking, it's just interesting because I feel like we get drawn back to things at certain times when we're ready to maybe move into more and deeper layers. And here's the thing, like you can read a book and pick up this, this, this about it. Right. But then you go back to that book and you're going to like realize even more and get into some layers. And then you'll pick it up a year or two later and you like dig into even more. So that's kind of the same thing with, um, any teacher training program or anything education wise, or that's geared towards personal development. Cause YTT is you're going to personally develop yourself. You're going to be faced with some challenging moments, whether it be the physical practice, whether it be just the practice of showing up to your mat, you're going to have to go through those moments and work through them and be with them. And it's going to bring you different things than what it brought you seven years ago because you've evolved and grown. So it's, it's still, it's a good tool to continue to like, I love the words fast track. Mm-hmm. And when you said that you're doing the fast track, I was like, oh, I think I mentioned this in our original message where I'm like, you're going to fast track your growth because there's only so much we can do on our own. Like you mentioned, having someone to help you with the discipline and bringing you back into the practice. There's only so much we can do on our own, but when we're 
there's almost like an accountability factor of it. So when there's others with us, that's going to fast track us even more um, with the support and with the sense of like, okay, no, like not to compare, be competitive, but at the same time, well, others are doing it too. So there's a sense of support, I guess is a better word. There Um, is. And it's so interesting that you bring this up because it, it, what you just said sparked some thoughts about the fast track and there's, there is a deeper accountability because there is less space. So the way the fast track is set up is that it's Monday through Thursday from 10 AM to 1 PM. So like four days a week for the same hours a day, I'm with the same people. We're doing the same things. We're, we're growing, we're working in all this. And when I took it seven years ago, I did it on Tuesday and Thursday nights over an eight or 10 months. I can't remember if it was eight or 10 months. It might've been eight months. Um, yeah. Cause that would double it. So I believe it was an eight month program. Eight months. And there was, was that 200 hour, 200 hours, eight months, Tuesday and Thursday nights. And there was so much more space back then. And what's interesting is that I definitely needed more space back then because I had no space within me. And over these, I've, as you said, I've grown so much. I'm not the same person I was seven years ago. I have done so much. And now I do the cycles of healing and the cycles of death, rebirth, life, you know, all of those types of things. They, as you progress on the healing journey and as you heal things and move through, move through things and release things and all of these things happen in the process, Mm -hmm. the amount of time you, I need personally, I'll speak for myself. The amount of time that I move through these cycles is so much quicker, right? Where something might've taken me, you know, two weeks to process and move through now, maybe I can move and process it in two hours or two minutes. Like it's so much faster. And so it's definitely feels like, yeah, right. Like we, we are able to internally process and move things. And I think it also has to do with having the skill set and the coping mechanisms and the understanding that we don't have to hold on to these things that allows that to happen, but all of those integrate over time. So now that I'm going into this fast track, like, Ooh, we're going to be moving through things really, really quickly. It feels like, cause I definitely have things whew, that I am ready to integrate, release, let go of and step into. Um, and I definitely feel like this program in the fast track way is going to support that in happening quickly and like catalyst these next couple of months for me. Um, and the things that I'm working towards and on and all that good stuff. That's exciting. When does it start? Monday. (laughs) So when we do our next podcast, will you be be at the tail end? Okay. No, because what, uh, we're doing a month from uh, essentially today. So no, I'll be four weeks in. Uh, so I think I'll be either just finishing the first module or somewhere around first module completion, uh, before moving into the next one. Okay. Oh, so we'll, I'm excited. I'm like, I know I, know. I don't want to go too future oriented, but my brain likes to live in the future. So I'm like, pull well, it back, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to this next month and see where I'm at with it for sure. Cause I think, uh, yeah, I definitely want to reflect on that. Cause that'd be super fun. Wow. Uh, Cause I'm going into it right now. I'll be honest. I'm nervous about it. Excuse me. <laughs> what are you nervous? What are you nervous about? I'm nervous. So the, the freedom. Okay. So this is a huge theme, right? So yeah. For me, my value has always, my number one value that I've been and, and working towards achieving is freedom. Mm-hmm. And I've truly achieved that in like so many ways in my life. And 
the, the idea of having like to be somewhere four days a week, like there's this internal fear of like, oh, well, that's going to take away from your ability to do this or take away from that. So there is a lack mentality, right? Like, and, and I can see that and I can feel it. And so I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to do it anyway. But again, it's like one of those things that you just like notice, like I have a deep seated fear right now of losing my freedoms, but not like in like weird. I'm talking about like my own sense of like, I've had my own time and my own schedule for so long for at least the past two to three years where I'm on my own. I haven't worked for another company. Everything has been me. And now I'm choosing to go into this program where it's like, I'm committing to be on this schedule and that's okay. Like I'm totally down with it. It's something I want to do, but it's going to shift the way the rest of my life works and the rest for at least and temporarily for four months or so. Um, but that's, that is an underlying subconscious lack fear that I am working through and the ruler archetype, which if you study or are interested in like the hero's journey, the heroine's journey, Joseph Campbell's, the hero's journey, the ruler archetype, when it's balanced, like when you're stepping into the light work of the ruler, it's understanding that the ruler in order to rule must make self-sacrifice. Like there has to be self-sacrifice. And I think that for any entrepreneur or any person who's seeking to be the leader of their life and the ruler of their life, it's, it's learning that self-sacrifice and learning compromise and learning to do these things out of love knowing that you're not losing anything or lacking anything by not always getting your way, by committing to doing things on someone else's terms, that that's part of being a a really good leader and a good ruler is that it's not about you. And like, even though this training very much like is about me, like it's also not just about me because I know that the work and the pro like the things I'm going to be doing in there, I'm being called to this for a reason. I am being called back into the, the YTT program for something that I can't see yet. Um, and I honor that. And like, that's the great mystery, right? Like that's the unknown. So I got called to this, my fears popped up, you're giving away your freedoms. And then I had to sit with it and be like, okay. And though, like, I'm not giving them away. I am choosing this consciously, even though it scares me to like, go back into this, this place, I'm going to gain self-discipline. I'm going to gain this routine. I'm going to gain new skills, da, 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 all these things. And then there's the piece of all the things I don't know yet. And all the things that I can't see yet, that will be revealed to me as I'm moving through it. Um, so it's, it's this, it's an interesting dance we're doing right now. And so I just, I allow myself to just be in it. And like, (laughs) even this morning, I'm like, so I work mostly nights. I work a lot of nights. I don't get home till 10 o'clock most nights. Um, so I don't have an alarm clock set in the morning because I'm up until midnight, 1230. And I naturally wake up around eight o'clock. Um, and so I don't have like a strict time that I wake up. And I know that starting next Monday, that's going to change Yeah, because I'm, I require a certain amount of time in my mornings to prepare myself, to get myself together and ready. So like, you know, I've been testing myself these past couple of weeks and it's been so funny. I'm 10 to 15 minutes late for everything now. It's so bad. I used to be the person who was 10 to 15 minutes early for everything. And I considered that being on time. And now I think I've just like, again, like all of this freedom for the past couple of years, as far as like, if I needed to go to work, I needed to put on a shirt 
five seconds of makeup and then I clicked on a screen and, and I was at work and like, now it's like, oh, there's drive time and you have to put on real clothes and you have to shower and you have to do what I shower all the time. But like, you know what I mean? It's like, still, it has to be more on a schedule. Yeah. And it's, that's funny with the 15 minutes late. I wonder if it's you subconsciously being like F this, I'm still going to do it. But F this, there's still going to be like, it's still kind of my way though. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Just getting it out Nailed of your it. system. Nailed um, it. How, I love that you shared that. Thank you for being so vulnerable about the process. <laughs> and I can totally relate with what you're saying as far as like fears of, I would almost call it fears of commitment coming up. Um, I think that, I'll speak for myself, knowing growing up, a lot of things like were out of my control. And I grew up in a household where I didn't, I had some freedoms around like how I spent my time, but a lot of it, I didn't. And, or it was controlled as in like, you can do this, but you can't do that. So there was still overall. And I know that like parents as parents, you still want to have boundaries for your children. Right. Um, And I think it's also just who I am as far as like, I got to a point where I rebelled. So part of me, it was hard to be in a relationship with me because it was so often my way or the highway. And there was very little room for negotiation. So having to go into like committing to anything would bring up all those fears and the reactions, right? Um, And or like the behaviors and the patterns that you can see pop up around that because of the fears So working through those fears, again, it's like about opening up space and you're absolutely right for leadership. And I think for even beyond leadership to be able to be in a deeper space of connection with human beings, point blank, um, takes negotiation, compromise, um, awareness of like what's coming up internally um, and or knowing there's still lines of like, no, this goes past my boundaries. So there's no negotiation and, or where am I willing to negotiate? But that's important in any, any relationship, any field you're working in with other human beings. So, wow. Like I can't wait to hear what that opens up for you and what you move through um, and the space that you start to enter with it. Thank you. Yeah. And so you just said something so important and it's where are we willing to negotiate and around those boundaries? So everything I'm hearing you just say is all about leadership skills and in interpersonal skills, really not even because a lot of people think leadership and it immediately goes to like business or, you know, work or whatever. And the fact is, is that we have to be leaders in our, in our personal lives, in our own lives. And you know, we have decision fatigue. If you work at a company or, or you're an entrepreneur, God, I have decision fatigue all the time. I'm so exhausted making choices and making decisions and acting on them all the time that like, when I get home, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to decide what we're having for dinner. Just feed me. Like, I don't care Um, because I'm just so tired. But the, the piece you said about it's the willingness to, to compromise or to not compromise. And you have to be very clear on your boundaries and understanding what your boundaries are in in order to understand where you draw that line, um, and having those interpersonal skills. And I think that's where like values really come into play and having your goals. And when I say goals, it's knowing what you're working towards. Like, just if you 
there, I know people who never write anything down and they say something and they just go after it and it happens and they don't have to go through the whole process of journaling and like doing all of the work that like I have to do to get really clear on my goals. Like they just say something and and they're off to the races and they make it happen real quickly. What's your human design? Do you know? I think I'm a manifesting generator. Okay. Cause I feel like manifesting generator, maybe I'm stereotyping, but I feel like they are the ones that like say it and it just does it. Um, and I'm a projector. Whereas, so for me, it like takes more time. <laughs> so I'll be, I don't know much about human design. Um, yeah. it's I've dabbled in it. I will allow anyone who does that work to read my chart. Like I'm, I'm super curious about it. I just haven't had the space to like I'm an astrology person. I dive. That is my design. And I know that human design is based off of astrology. I'm pretty sure um, in some way, shape or form. It is because you have to put your birthday in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I know for me, I'm definitely like, I speak things out and then like that becomes the vision. And I, I do work. I'm very heady. I'm a Gemini rising um, and Sagittarius sun. So like I speak things out, I am big, I'm a verbal processor for sure. Um, and then I do, I just, I, I follow my intuition a lot. So like I do write a lot that has been a hard practice for me to develop over the past several years. Um, it does not come easy to me again, because I'm just a verbal, I'm an oral processor. Right. And so like before we had writing oral processing was how we did things. Um, and that's very much how I still operate, but I've, because of the world we live in, I've had to integrate the writing practice in, and it's been one of the harder practices for me to get into consistently on a, on like a daily basis. But when it comes to, I do write out my goals. Now I get super clear on those things. And what that helps me with is understanding my personal accountabilities within my goal processes of like, okay, you know, you're crossing your boundary with this goal. If you, you know, do this, this, or this, you know, you're in alignment. If you do this, this, and this, and I, I do think it's very important. And I talk about it in the law of attraction formula. And like, when I teach that, that, you know, you have to get your mental thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and how you speak your words about things clear as they are now. So you can start aligning them. And I do think that writing is the practice that allows us to open up and see clearly like the map of the roadmap, essentially of what's going on in our life so that we can then get into the alignment of manifesting and making real that which we desire. Um, Oh, the awareness, the awareness, Mm -hmm. but even back to that leadership piece, I mean, Mm -hmm. simpling it down, it just like, yeah, you have to know your needs, wants, morals, values, um, to know like your boundaries, but that's telling you who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, So even like, what is a leader? A leader is showing up in like your beliefs and who you are. Um, and regardless of the other people around you, um, you still show up, but yeah, but you still need to negotiate. (laughs) Well, so, and like, let's take that word regardless, because I don't know if that's the word I would use anymore. I think that's a word I used to use. I have to show up as myself, confident in myself and my beliefs, and also be open and willing to hear other people and what they have to say. So it's not necessarily regardless, like, of what other people say. And that is something that I've learned through the past couple of years. And just the world that we've been living in is that we have to, it's not, we can't cut other people out of that. We have to take it all in and then discern. So it's standing in my beliefs 
and my truth and who I am and my leadership around what I'm leading and then discerning other people who are on the path with me and discerning what's real and what's real, what to take and what not to take. Cause there are plenty of times where people do project like, Oh, well you should do it this way. Or, Oh, like, I don't accept that you do this. And it's like, okay, I can understand. And I hear, and I see your point of view and I'm going to choose to continue, or I'm going to choose not to continue because I do feel that what you said has a bigger impact here. Now I need to sit and reflect and do that. And that happens with me and myself. That happens with me in my partnership, my family, my friends, all of it, like there's no, and this is where the thread of leadership kind of, you know, really becomes important is that you can't just be a, a leader in your job and then not be a leader at home. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, there has to be balances. Doesn't mean you always have to be the person in control, like in partnership, like with my partner, like we're both leaders. So we're both responsible. And at certain times he takes the lead and I take the back seat. at other times I take the lead and he takes the back seat. Same thing within our family, same, you know, meaning I have four sisters and a mom, like, you know, we all have to step in and step out. So it becomes this really leadership is a dance. Like Mm -hmm. it's this really beautiful dance. But at the end of the day, if you are, if you're the person who's in the leadership position, you're the one who makes the decision. Um, And so that's where discernment really comes in. Um, Because sometimes people don't have all the information and sometimes you don't have all the information. And that's why having a team of really strong people around you who are the same, but different. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yep. I was just going to bring that point up. Delegation. A a good leader knows how to delegate too and is willing to let go of control (laughs) Yeah, and and trust others. And even like, see, oh, this person has this strength. Like we can't do everything on our own. This person's on my team because they have this strength. I don't have to do this. Guess what? I can give this over to them. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where intuition really comes into it because someone who's disconnected from their intuition, from their instinct, from their ability to make improvisational decisions in the moment, um, or not just in the moment, but in the long term after sitting with information and all of this is going to have a really hard time because at the end of the day, intuition, instinct, all of it comes down to trusting yourself. Do you trust that instinct? Do you trust that intuition? Do you trust yourself enough to follow your gut, to follow your heart, um, to move from those places? Mm-hmm. And as we're developing our intuition in these interpersonal leadership spaces, you do have to be a, and, and, you could also be a leader as a part of someone else's team, right? Like you can be a leader within someone else's organization. You can be a leader within another person's company, um, even within another person's family. I mean, I was a nanny for when I was putting myself through school a couple of years ago, I was a nanny and I was a leader in that family. Like we would have family discussions and I was there with mom and dad and the three of us would be making decisions together about the kids. And so that was a really interesting dynamic because at the end of the day, I really didn't have a say, but the information that I could provide because I spent so much time with the kids was really important for the parents to be able to understand and make decisions. Um, so it comes in so many different capacities, leadership, intuition, and the connection of these interpersonal skills. And again, to be good at it, though, you have to be able to, you have to know who you are and what you stand up for and what you believe so that you know when your boundaries are being crossed, when it's okay for them to be crossed, when it's not okay for them to be crossed. Like, so that nannying, like there were times where my boundaries were like my personal boundaries were crossed, but I had to remember, oh, 
this isn't a place for me to, for it's okay that they were personally crossed because this really doesn't affect me in the long run. Like, you know, I don't agree with everything the parents believe in and that's okay. It doesn't mean I can't be a part of this organization, like their family. It doesn't mean I can't be a part of this company or whatever it is just because we don't agree on absolutely everything. That's where compromise and understanding those types of things were. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's true. You bring up a lot of good points and to kind of tie it in, because I know we had mentioned, um, especially with the month of like February, not to be cheesy and bring up Valentine's day. I love Valentine's day. We talked about (laughs) um, discussing like practices that helps in the goal of connecting to intuition. And also in that in itself is bringing in self-love and an act of self-love. So I'd love to like tie that into, how do I want to word this? Intuition in the goal of self-love to really maybe step into more and expand um, throughout this next month. What, what does that like bring up in your, your mind? So many things. So what's... <laughs> One of the highest forms of self-love that you can offer yourself is being honest in your communication with other people. And so self-love isn't always personal. Self-love is interpersonal yes. as well as personal. And ah, Brene, ah. yeah, I you it, just it, linked it. love it. Yes. <laughs> it, and that's what, what you said brought up for me is, is this love recognition it. like that self-love isn't all about pampering ourselves and meditating and doing, and, you know, doing these practices for ourselves. It's about loving ourselves in communion with other people, loving ourselves in union, in union with other people, but then also recognizing and taking account for that. If we are all reflections of each other, then the way that I am honest with another person is going to give them that opportunity to be honest with me and where they're at. And that is self-love. Brene Brown says, um, kind is clear or clear is kind. I was they, they're the same for me, but clear is kind, kind is clear. And specifically within communication. And she talks about this in her book, Dare to Lead, uh, which is obviously a leadership book, um, but it's personal leadership. It's interpersonal leadership, all the things we've been talking about. But so often, one of the biggest ways that we turn self-love off within ourselves or that we don't love ourselves is when we are unclear in our communication or, and, and again, that could be with ourselves or with other people. And I think that in the world we're stepping into now, which is different than it was a couple of years ago. And there's, you know, things that we're still in it, the plates are still shifting and moving and we're still seeing where the pieces land. Um, But really understanding that the more willing we are to be honest, radically honest with ourselves and the people we're in communion with while being kind, right? So it's not about saying like, oh, I don't agree with you. Therefore you're wrong. It's about saying, Hey, you know what? I hear you. And I can hear your frustrations and I can hear where you're not, your needs aren't being met. And we're going to, we're going to work this out in a way that it's best for everyone, not just best for me and not just best for you. And there's been a lot of, well, whatever's best for me, if you don't meet what's best for me, then then, then we're not in alignment. And I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people create separation with that belief. They separate themselves my way or the highway. Oh, you don't believe this is how I do friendship. This is how I do relationship. If you don't do it this way, then you're out. 
I think that creates a lot of separation in the world. And that comes a lot from, yeah. Would so you, a lot of, would you even say that's a for that could be a form of avoidance? Absolutely. You, you create that separation because you become so self-centered and, oh, it's my way. And if you don't do it this way, and if you don't do it that way, and, and it happened, everyone does, you know, in some way, sense or form. And that's where there's an over-exaggeration of boundaries and an unwillingness to, 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 to hear and see other people in well, their to, truth and their boundaries. And to hear and see yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that's mirror. Yeah. Both ways. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ways. Yeah. So I think like with the self-love, like my invitation would be to pay attention to how you're communicating and why you're communicating the way that you're communicating. What is, what is the underlying subconscious intention or belief you hold behind your, your communication? Cause a lot of people think that like, just by being, and, and I am so guilty of this as a Sagittarius, as just like, I'm a blunt truther. And I've had to really learn how to understand that that's not always kind, even though I would say that it's clear. A lot of the times it doesn't always come out that way. And a lot of times it would come out just mean, or it would come out like the tone didn't match what I was trying to say. So I've had to learn how to communicate verbally. Right. And the only way to learn how, what you were saying earlier, you've had to learn how to bring your voice out and like understand your voice and train your voice and, and use your voice as a tool because it is essentially, and a lot of people in our world who have just been silenced and told not to speak, which I know there's a lot of us out there. A lot of us are just stepping into this and understanding really how our voice crafts the world around us, right? Like the vibration that we send out through our words, through our vocal cords means something. Mm-hmm. And we had the way we communicate with other people matters. And that includes text messaging. That includes emails. It Everything. includes any way that we're communicating something. Right. And so it's not to say, now I will say this. <laughs> I hold rage. I hold anger. I hold annoyance and frustration. I hold all of these experiences of emotion and feeling within my body, my vessel. And I honor each and every one. And I've had to learn how to not communicate through those experiences, right? I've had to learn how to not let, to channel my anger into something else, ceramics, (laughs) and that way that I can have clear communication and kind communication, communication that says, these are my boundaries. These are how they were crossed. These are the things. But in order to do that, I had to find a way to take all of that other emotional energy mm-hmm. and channel it somewhere so that I could think it through. Right. And so that's why like yoga is really important. Process it. Process it. Right. So ceramics is, is super, that's, that's my outlet. So also like another form of self-love is finding a way to work through. And like, I'm at the point now where I've been working on my anger for a cut. Like when I unlocked my anger back in 2018, 2019, and my therapist was like, you don't let yourself feel anger or rage. Well, that was like the pulling of the plug that slowly was coming up. And I was like, oh, I don't. Interesting. Let's dig into anger and figure out what's going on. And what I found and what we were working on is that I had been silenced so much that I pushed all of my energy down, suppressed anger, and only experienced depression and anxiety with brief moments of joy and happiness. But like 
everything was out of this place of depression and anxiety. So once the awareness was made that, oh, I need to find the anger. I I deserve to feel angry. I have it in there. I just need to get it up and out. Well, all of a sudden the anger started pushing out the depression. The anger started pushing out the, uh, anxiety. And I still do, as I said, you know, we have the coping skills. I still have anxiety. It's not gone, but we're human. We're going to have all ranges of emotions. Exactly. Um, yeah. Right. Everything. That's why we have the tools. Exactly. That's what all these practices are for is learning how to cope with these things. And a lot of people learned early. A lot of us didn't, but so as the anger started to come out, I became angry at the world. I became, and, and right. I will say this, it is sacred anger and it is righteous anger. It was the anger that I deserve to feel. And I deserve to have based on the experiences and the traumas that I experienced growing up. I never let myself be angry at anyone else except myself. And because I was angry at myself, I harmed myself. And because I harmed myself, I was depressed and I was anxious because I can never be myself fully in the world. So all of this started back in 2018, self-sabotage, but like actual harm. Like I'm going to say it was like actual harmful, violent self-sabotage in really oppressive, like self, like me oppressing myself in a lot of ways. Um, But as the, as the cap of the anger started coming out, the depression started to lift because I stopped self-internalizing everything. And I started finding the places like, oh, this is where that energy belongs. This is where that energy belongs. This, And then I could find like everything in its place. Like if you're a chef or you're in the cooking world, mise en place, like that's what we're doing. Everything in its place. We need to understand where these energies actually belong. So I self, I stopped self-internalizing. I also stopped spiritually bypassing and just being like, well, we're all one. So it's all okay. I was like, no, you know what? this horrible sexual assault happened to me. And this is where it goes one on that person and and their parents for not teaching that kid. Correct. And then also on society for all of these things. And also on myself for putting myself in that position. So all of a sudden I had a personal interpersonal and transpersonal healing of the experience that I had when I was younger. And what that allowed me to do was then say, okay, like now I have these feelings. So if they get triggered again, how am I going to handle that? Cause now the energy was all in the right places. And I had to find that I had to find the place of grief. Like, how do I grieve this now? So now I have felt the anger. I have felt the loss. I understand everything that had happened to me mm-hmm. in a bigger way, not just about myself, not just about the experience. And, and now I could see it in this bigger transpersonal societal, cultural, worldly way. Um, and I realized that this is where grief enters into the picture. When you realize that you're going to feel these things and there's nothing you can do about it except learn to hold yourself and love yourself in those moments mm-hmm. and take care of yourself as best you can. And that's where the art started coming in. And that's where the music really started playing because I needed a place to put these things and I didn't want to talk about it anymore. And I didn't want to write about it anymore. And I, I needed to like, just take this energy when it arose and channel it into something. And that's where music comes in. And that is where the ceramics comes in because like, even if I'm on my yoga mat and this is why, like, I think it's important to have more than just like mental or physical or, you know, verbal, like getting your hands into something Mm -hmm. and being able to like work out the thoughts. Like, even if it's Play-Doh, I don't care. Like it's something that I can like take here, put down here and like move my hands into. So the energy is getting out of my body and like 
you can only write about one thing for so long in my, for me anyway, like before I needed to find another way, I didn't want to talk about it anymore. And writing was just having conversations with myself most of the time. And that's, that's a good point because I was just talking about this with somebody else where you don't want to dwell. Like there's a difference between getting the energy out. There's a difference in staying in it. So yes, you want to feel it, you want, but you want to feel it to release it and to let it be versus like, cause then it can quickly fall into a victim loop mm-hmm. and a victim pattern. If you just dwell in it and it's like, no, we have all, we have all the emotions, all emotions have their place. They're necessary. You want to feel the anger, like you are allowed to feel anger. However, let's then move on. Like acknowledge it, do whatever you need to do to be with it, feel with it, and then move on from it. Um, Because otherwise we can quickly just keep ourselves stuck. And that's like being, having processes to process the feelings and process the thoughts and how we experience the experience then frees up space to be more clear in, well, this is how I felt it and, or, um, this is where I'm at. So then it gives us more space to be more clear in our communication. Um, and it, like, as we go through those experiences, I feel like it opens up more compassion too, and empathy. Mm -hmm. And that's where the kindness comes in. Um, like for example, as a now divorced single mother, I don't, I don't know that I would have understood, um, and or held like held space the way that I can now uh, or have the certain level of like compassion, empathy that I have now that had I not gone through the experience. Um, so that's the beauty of the experiences too, like clarity and a lot more compassion. That's where the kindness comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And it is compassionate to be kind because a lot of people, and I'm sure myself included in this, like we lie to protect people. We are dishonest because we're afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, and we think that, oh, well it, you know, the less they know the better and like all of those types of things. And it just, it's, that's so unkind to yourself and to the other person, because if you're not being honest with the other person about what's going on between you. And that, again, this can be on a personal, interpersonal, transpersonal level. Um, if you're not being honest with them, then they don't have the opportunity to reflect and refine and discern for themselves, their own boundaries as well. And we take their power away from them. Like we take away their opportunity for growth out of our own fear. And that's not kind. And that's not loving. And that's not self-love. That's not love at all. That's fear (laughs) even though fear stems from love and everything love is like the seed that everything grows from like if that is the if that's the final layer step back from fear into love and know that honesty is the path Mm -hmm. and sometimes though also silence is the path sometimes the kindest thing that you can do is say okay thank you and love and light and blessings. And you have to step back from situations that you know, and you feel are not going to be in alignment and understand that not everyone is 
going to receive what you have to say in that way. And sometimes that just saying, thank you. No, thank you. I have to step back from this is the kindest thing that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Without, without giving feedback, unless they ask for it, um, or without, you know what I mean? Because there are, sometimes we over explain thinking that if we over explain, that's the kind thing to do when really our over explanation is just putting the other person down or, and, and they're not, if they can't hear it and that goes for ourselves, we over explain things to ourselves as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's to try to justify our actions or our beliefs or like whatever it is True. that we're doing. It's like yeah. energy. Um, when, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't, you don't have to prove anything. And there's a level of, of, comprehension so when you can Mm -hmm. discern like okay this person isn't comprehending it is kind to just step away and be like "Mm, okay I don't I don't have to say anything else there's nothing there's nothing more to say like I've already responded and made and made myself clear or responded in clear communication and the person's still not on the comprehension level it's like it's a disservice to both of you to continue to go into yeah. it. Dang it. It I really had, is. I had a thought on something you said, and then it flew away in my brain. Dang it. I don't maybe come back or not. <laughs> I know. Come back in divine time. Exactly. Totally. Um, what else? Like, so for practices for developing clear kind communication. And we've already talked about practices that you can do as far as action, like the journaling, the yoga, the, oh, it had something to do with yoga, but I still don't remember. Um, the ceramics artwork, but what are like some other resources as far as knowledge, like books that you can go read, Mm. um, podcasts that you can follow where you can learn about this and keeping in mind because knowledge is power, but knowledge is only power once it's applied. So after you read and take in the information, you still have to practice the information, but do you have any good books that you could recommend or anything by Brene Brown, (laughs) literally anything by Brene Brown. Um, her work is really impactful. Um, and it, she just really hits all of, uh, of the experiences. Um, so I find her to be very helpful. Um, who else am I reading right now? Uh, um, oh, you caught me off guard. I usually have like a list of my things that I'm like reading right now. Um, uh, I feel like, can I interject? Yeah. I kind of had, as I said it, I was like, oh. Mark Groves was someone that I used to listen to a lot. And he's a relationship coach. Uh, He talks a lot about diving into authenticity Mm -hmm. because again, the more you get back to who you are and you process all these experiences and feelings, the clearer, like you clear that energy out, the clearer it becomes, the more space you have to be in relationship with yourself, intimacy with yourself and intimacy with others. So I feel like he's a great resource. He has a podcast. He has a website. I don't know if he's written any books, but, um, he was a, a uh, someone that I really followed for a long time that broke, yeah. broke things down, not really related specifically to leadership, but I think those fields like anything in life can cross over 
right? And you develop school or uh, skills and tools in this area. And then it like takes you, I mean, relationships are relationships. So it's Mm going to transmute, maybe not on a romantic level, but still in some sort of level to other relationships around you as well. Yeah. There's this book, um, that when you were talking came up, it's called the five A's of mindful loving by David Reich or Ryuk or something to that R I O C H. Um, but that's a really great book for understanding the deeper elements of what we require in love and relationships with ourselves and other people. Um, so it's things like appreciation, acknowledgement, um, attention, things like that. And so it, it takes it to a level deeper than like the five love languages um, and really brings you into more of an interpersonal, but personal experience. And it's a really beautiful book, a lot of poetry in it. It's very nice. Um, who else? Um, to be honest, what keeps coming up to me is like, it's, I think a lot of us have these skills. I think a lot of us need to put these things into action and that's where community comes into like what you were saying is like, you can only read so much before you apply. Right. And I think the invitation I want to offer, that's how you're going to learn. You're going to learn. Exactly. So my invitation more so than reading more books and listening to more podcasts right now is get out into your community. Like go take art classes, go take cooking classes, go take dance classes, go to your community college and sign up. Sign up for a YTT, you know, do some personal development that's going to put you in a situation where your beliefs and your habits and your mindsets and all of these things are going to be challenged by other people and their experiences. We live in a hyper individualized society. And the thing about being on like the healing journey is that it is so personal. And when you're on the spiritual path, it can become so, but I don't even like saying the spiritual path because the spiritual path is about bringing your spirit into the world. It's about embodying that authentic spirit and then showing up in the world. And I believe that when you bring your spirit deeper into the world, that's where you get soul, because it's when you take your spirit and grind it up against the harsh realities and the loving realities that we experience in this world that we learn. That it's not that we learn soul. It's that we like create soul in ourselves in body it's our, it's like, it's like the diamond, right? Like you've got to, you've got to get through that dark coal in order to get to the diamond, mm-hmm. right? The diamond in the rough. And like, we can stay in the love and light and just the personal experience in my way or the highway and spirit, this and spirit. And like, that's all great. But if you want to take that spirit and you want to, and you want to create out of it and you want to bring it down into manifested reality, the world that we exist in here. And you want to, you want to be of the world in a, in a bigger way. That's part of bigger communities that helps you to connect with people who aren't necessarily just like you, you're going to come up against hard walls. You're going to come up against rocks and you're either going to turn your back and, and go back to spirit world, which is cool, but there's no resilience in there. You're not going to, you're just going to go back to the way that you were, or you can choose to show up in life for the harder things to really gain that experience and, and get that soul that so many of us are seeking, you know, and it's, it doesn't come through necessarily ease. Like no great guitarist hasn't cried over their guitar and hasn't wanted to break their guitar against a wall or, you know, and no ceramicist hasn't been upset when they throw on the wheel and then the wheel falls and then like it falls apart. Like you, it's just, that's a part of life. And it's like, it's, when you have something 
that you're doing consistently that is outside of yourself. And I think this is why it's important to have something other than just a journaling practice or a yoga practice or something, because those are so personal. They're inside, they're not outside of yourself. Something like learning an instrument or learning an art practice or volunteering, gardening, you know, volunteering somewhere with a community where you're not in charge and you're there to learn. Um, And especially doing so outside of your comfort zone and communities that are outside of your comfort zone. That is where you're going to learn that deep soulful love. That is where you're going to learn to love yourself so deeply because you're going to have to challenge yourself externally to learn that love and to feel that love. And it feels really good to do that. It feels really good. Like I feel a certain way when I show up on my yoga mat and I work through things and I'm like, yeah, that's great. But it's an entirely different love when I'm in a room with other people and I'm listening and just taking in, or we're all creating together and we're sharing stories about our experiences over a ball of clay or, you know, sitting in a circle of people playing guitar and like sharing stories. Like it's just, it's different. And that is a sense of self-love that you will gain in those spaces that you just can't gain in solitude or in a circle of women all talking about, you know, spirituality, like you, you have to find those other outlets and outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, I think that's what, you know, we talk about childlike wonderment and going back into your, you know, healing your inner child and stuff. As you do that work, you remember the things that were important to you as a child and the things that you really wanted to do. And when you start to allow yourself to live those things and explore those things, you really get this sense of self-love that you've been missing for a long time because it's harder to do it as an adult. It's harder to say, I'm in charge of this. I'm the one respond. I'm the one who's going to lead myself into these spaces as an adult. And it's very vulnerable and it's, it can be very challenging and scary, but again, that's where your spirit meets the grind and outside on the other side of the grind is your soul. It's, it's that gritty, like, I worked for this love. I re- and not with another person, but with yourself in a group of other people. <laughs> it's yeah. like this. Yeah. So yeah. get out there, go into community, like find classes that are going to challenge you. Like I have been sl- slowly doing this over the past 10, 15, like just trying to find myself in other things. And I found myself through yoga, but then I still needed to find myself through the external world, through creation of some sort. And so don't, if you're like on the spiritual path and it's all like, all like look elsewhere, look elsewhere because there's love for you in other places. And that is self-love. You showing up to those other places is a form of self-love. Yeah. Isn't that, I was just like an epiphany. It was just funny because it's so, we'll get so into like controlling um, where we spend our Circle time and, and, and other things. Right. But then it's like, but then we won't make time for those other things, uh, and use that excuse of, well, I don't have time. It's like, really is there. And there's a lot that goes into that, but, uh, yeah, being willing. I like that word and that phrase, even like just being willing to be vulnerable and go outside the grain and, do things, um, externally because the unexpected is going to come up in there. And you're right. Like that's where the nitty gritty is and the good stuff. Um, not just in your, your normal day to day and what you've grown accustomed to doing, 
um, and your normal routine. You got to go beyond that. Yeah. And like, I'll, and, and the thing is about when you go in these, so many people will accept you just as you are, just as you are. Like, I'll never forget. I went to a guitar store with my friend and it was like this little boutique one up on Scottsdale road. And we're looking at all these guitars and this was like a year and a half ago. And I had just started playing guitar and I was very self-conscious and I was very scared to like, and I was, he like handed me the guitar and he's like, play something. And I'm like, I don't, I don't play in front of people. I don't know. Like, and he just comes up to me and whispers in my ear and he goes, none of us care, just strum the guitar. And I was like, oh my God, like that, like they, so many people just honestly don't care about where you're at on your journey. They're just happy that you're there and they want you to do what you're there for, which is to show up in whatever that capacity is because you're there for a reason. But this is where we have to lead ourselves into those spaces so that we can truly explore what we're meant to be here for. Yeah. Beautifully. It's not just about us. (laughs) Yep. Yes, totally. Yep. It extends beyond uh, and just even willing that vulnerability of willing to be able to show up uh, clears the way for communication. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Clear, clear communication. You can't learn things if you don't put yourself in the space to learn things in the classroom and the yoga mat. There's so many, so many classrooms out there. Yep. So many classrooms out there. Um, you just gotta be willing to show up. I'm taking a comedy writing class. Like you got, I just put myself in situ. I have no idea. I, and I'm not doing it because I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to grow my soul or I'm like gonna, you know, it's, I just do it because I'm like, Oh, that sounds fun. Let's try it. <laughs> like That's, that's how I live my life now. It's just very much like, Oh, that sounds cool. Let's go for it. Let's, Let's try it. it. Yeah. That's I will cool. probably be the least experienced person in the room. I don't care. And, uh, yeah, I've thought about signing up for, um, like speakeasies. And not just like classes, um, where improv, mm. improv theater, where you just, you show up and yeah, let's go. And let's you go. You let me know when start talking about anything and throw it out there. Does that, it sounds terrifying and it sounds fun at the same time. Sign me up, send me these details and let's go. I will, we can go together. Yeah. I'm so down for this. Cool. Yes. Oh my God. An experience. Have you done one before? No, no, I haven't. I've heard a couple people talk about them. Actually, my youngest has been into theater (gasps) classes recently. She's like, she was like, I want to do theater. Now she wants to sing. Both my girls want to sing. Yes. Uh, But yeah, lots of of voice things. So it's just funny how it all came together. Mm -hmm. Like we harmonize. I want to do this. I want to do that. All right. I'm going to hold myself accountable and look the information up and send it to you. (laughs) Yes, please do. I'm down the first date that we can get into alignment and go. I am so here for that. Yes. Sounds terrifying. I'm excited. Let's do it. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's so funny. Cause I remember as a, you talked about the child, like continuing to bring in as children, we're really good at this, where we'll just go do things like just to do it. And that's, that could be synonymous to just following your intuition. It says, go here, you go do it. And as adults, all the other things will come up. Um, but yeah, children are going to be scared. Maybe, maybe not, but they're still going to go do it. I remember being a child, like roller coasters. I was terrified, but I still did it. Because we could, and because we knew we were safe and, yep. and uh, we have to write, like, that's what it comes down to a little bit is like, we felt safe as a child to be able to go and do these things. So like, we just mm-hmm. went and did them. 
And now as an adult, you know, once you're in the healing journey, it's, it's rebuilding that safety, rebuilding that inner connection, rebuilding that inner trust. trust. And as we're doing that, that's how our intuition builds. It's a, that's everything that it is. Yeah. And as we rebuild those, we can take those into, we get those intuitional hit intuitional hits. We can discern, and then we can take the action, you know, and sometimes you just take the action without needing to discern, you know, is this the right thing? Like, we don't always have to question, is this the right thing? Sometimes it's just a thing that we can do. And so you do it and decide afterwards, if it's something that you're going to continue to do. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. Again, just being willing to be in the experience, like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You can decide it wasn't for you. You can, t- you can make it a no afterwards, yeah. but just being willing to go forth with it because your intuition's like, go do this. It's how I found yeah. yoga. It's, it, that's actually how I found yoga is I bought a Groupon because me and my ex-boyfriend, my partner at the time, like we broke up, he moved away. I was alone in a big city and I was like, Oh, what am I going to do? I, I don't know anybody besides the people I work with. So I bought a bunch of Groupons and that's how I found yoga. And that was in 2011 or 2012 or something like that. And now it's 20. So that's like almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And like, like yoga has transformed my life. And now I'm circling back into my yoga teacher training and who knows what this next is going to catalyst me into who knows? Cause I have, I'm so much more healed now healed at like that. The trauma is healed and it's a wonderful place to be in. I have so much more space within me to go after these new and different things. And so I'm creating a life based off of this healed version of myself. And what I keep coming back to is all of those things I wanted before the trauma happened. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go after those things. It's terrifying. I'm starting what, you know, I I battle with the thought of I'm starting too late, but then I just have to remember, like, there's no such thing as that. Like, that's just a culture thing. That's a false belief that has been put into our minds that you have to be this old to do this or do that. And I'm bad, you know, that's another battle. And again, this is where my spirit battles the real world. And my spirit says, you can do all of these things. And then the world says, you ha- you're too old. And then I have to get gritty and resilient and say, I'm bouncing through culture to the other side to achieve what I want to achieve or experience, not even achieve. That's not the right word. It's experience what it is that I want to experience. Mm-hmm. And that's where soul that's again, where like soul comes back into it, yep. but you got to be able to get out there and try. Yeah. Yep. And what came through with that was like, oh, that becomes, then it becomes so clear, right? Your inner voice becomes so clear as your inner voice becomes clear. Your outer voice becomes clear too. all circles back together. Love it. I love that we brought that up and any, I mean, I feel like we've kind of already answered this question too, but anything else coming up for the month? intuition wise, um, anything that you're feeling called to share, anything that you've seen as like an ongoing theme that you want to speak about to, um, yeah, anything there. This is a year of authenticity. It's a year, you know, speaking astrologically, it has a lot to do with Venus and it has a lot to do with love. Um, and again, it's about how you focus love. You can call it self-love and focus it on yourself. You can just call it love and focus it on everything. You can expand your consciousness of self-love to incorporate all other types of love that are out there. Um, but at the end of the day, it feels like it's really about being true to yourself and being honest with yourself. 
um, and, and delivering it in a really kind way. Cause I think we learned a lot over the past couple of years about who we really are, everybody, you know, and it, it's not my job to judge or say who's right or wrong. Although I believe in right and wrong. And I, and I can see clearly where there's wrong and I see clearly where there's injustice and things like that. Um, again, it's my job to love the people regardless of whether or not we agree and then to hold them accountable though, right? Like there's a difference between love and accountability. I can love people with different beliefs and still hold them accountable to the actions or, you know, the harm that's caused and, and vice versa. Like, I hope people can love me and still know, like I'm a human being and I make mistakes and I'm not perfect. And, you know, I, I, I try and I strive to be as honest and authentic and truthful, uh, in my life as I, as I am. And I, into the clarity of my own awareness of who I am and what I do in the world. Um, and I think that's really important though, is that I think everyone right now is just trying to figure out where they fit in again and doing so with a lot more clarity, um, of how the world operates. I mean, you can see it in the workforce. People are just like, I'm not going to go to work. Like there's no shortage of workers. We, people want to work. There is a shortage of pay. There is a shortage of CEOs paying their workforce efficiently so that we can work for them in a, in a, in a, in a way that feels good and that we can live our life in a way that feels good. So it's like, you can see it in that, like, you know, one side is saying, oh, there's a shortage of workers. And the other side is saying, we want to work, but we're not going to be abused in the workplace anymore. And how do you end abuse in a workplace is you pay people a living wage. You pay people the proper wages so that you negotiate, you negotiate. Right. Like, and I, I'm uh, workers negotiate like, wait, that's a negotiation. That (laughs) is a negotiation. Listen to each other and hear each other and meet in middle ground. Yeah. And both people have to be honest. Both parties have to be honest and, Mm -hmm. and willing to look at the other person's authenticity and honesty. Mm -hmm. uh, And without assuming the story without assuming the story. And there's a lot of that, like, I'm right. You're wrong. Like, no, there's Mm -hmm. only one way to look at it. It's only this or, um, no, being willing to integrate all the information that's there from you, from the other person, and then making an informed decision. Exactly. And so again, that's just another example of how it goes from the personal to the interpersonal to the transpersonal. It affects everyone and everything. There is no separation in this. And to change the world, we change ourselves. And then we have to, we can't abstain from the world, Strong. you know, healing and going on this path of, of higher consciousness or spirituality does not mean to like, yes, like you want to abstain from the world. That's great. Go live in a monastery or an ashram and like abstain from the world, but don't pretend to abstain from the world while you're capitalizing off the world and living in the world and then denying the world, the reality of history and the things that have happened. Um, and, and the things that are so very clearly there, if you're willing to step back and decenter yourself and center other people in your perspective and, and hear and be open to it. And that's kindness, right? Like it's so interconnected in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, so we, you know, for this month, what's coming up is that it's authenticity. It's, we're all stepping into our truth. And I think underneath that, the shift we're going to make is we have to love everyone and still hold that piece of leadership and accountability. 
And to, to hold someone accountable is to lead and say, hey, I hear you and I love you and I'm not going to judge you and I'm not going to disown you and I'm not going to shun you. I'm going to say, this is what I hear you saying. This is what I, this is how it's affecting. This is how it's causing harm. And this is what I would like to see moving forward. Um, and then, and then sometimes you have to say goodbye. Sometimes you grind down and, and you get to work on the things you're working on alone or together with your company or whatever it is. Um, but it's, it's about getting radically honest about the reality of what's going on. It's stopping the sharing of propaganda on Instagram. It's stopping the, the, the meaningless confrontations that truly, which I was a big part of, like, I will say like when everyone was in it on social media, I was a part of that. I went down the wormhole of like, defending my beliefs. And I know that it did cause an impact because a lot of people told me that when I would write and post that it was meaningful and impactful. Um, but it, what I realized is I was spending so much, it, like so much of my best time and energy writing on a Facebook post when I'm like, these things should be in other places where it'll be bigger. And so I realized that it wasn't kind for me to be doing those. It wasn't really making an impact. It was causing all of these different types of experiences. And I wanted to be more conscious of how I was showing up in these capacities. And I realized social media in that way just wasn't how I wanted to be on those platforms. And so, you know, I stopped sharing, like, if it's not researched, I'm not sharing it essentially. And when I say researched, I mean, like, I want to know where all your sources get their sources from, <laughs> like the whole, the whole deal. Um, and when I realized that I didn't have the time or the desire to really start researching and going down that rabbit hole either, I was like, I'm not posting these things. Right. And so it's a wormhole. You can, it just keeps going. <laughs> totally. And you get caught up in, in your energy and then mm-hmm. it takes away from being clear in other places too. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Okay. So that's the message for the month. Uh, Explore, explore honest love, authentic love, so that you can get down to the roots and back to your, your clear expression. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Theme Theme of it is honesty and authenticity. And you can't be authentic if you're not being honest. Although you're always being authentic to who you are and your awareness is in the moment. Yes. And there's always more to explore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not always, but yes, things there's things that are worth looking at when they come up to accept. Yes. All right, love. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Loved our chat. Yes. Good to catch up. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on again. This is always such a good time. Yes. Good. Love it. And I can't wait to hear about your YTT. Selfishly. Mm, thank you. <laughs> I can't wait to share. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in a month? Cannot wait to talk about it. I know. All right, listeners, tune in next month for your intuitive forecast and to hear what, how things are progressing. Yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to the House of Minds. Cheers.